You're listening to Apollo 11 Legacies, a series of podcasts produced through a partnership with Intuitive Research and Technology Corporation and WHNT News 19. Oh, by far, landing on the moon and getting back safely in 1969, that that was the, the culmination. That's the feeling today for Heidi Collier, the daughter of one of the original German rocket team members who came to Huntsville with their families in 1950. A question, what stands out in her mind when she thinks about the work all those scientists and engineers did? First for the Army at Redstone Arsenal and then for NASA at Marshall Space Flight Center. Heidi Collier grew up in Huntsville. She went to Huntsville High School, and she's as American as anyone you'll ever meet. She worked for several years at Redstone Arsenal for the Army Aviation and Missile Command. She's also the daughter of German rocket team member Fritz Weber. These days, you could say that Heidi is a protector of the legacy of her dad and other German team members and their families. Huntsville Mayor Tommy Battle named her the chair of the German-American Heritage Committee for the Alabama Bicentennial. If there's a panel discussion that concerns German team members or their families or even a related subject, you can bet Heidi Collier is there. This conversation with Heidi was recorded in the WHNT News 19 studios. She begins by talking about the Americanization of the descendants of the German team members. Oh, yes. I think we all felt very American when early on, except our, a lot of our parents asked us to speak German at the dinner table. And we didn't want that. We wanted to be all American. So it, it was that residual. But for me, what happened is I was away from Huntsville for many years, for probably 20, 23 years, with an Air Force husband moving around the world and did not fully appreciate my heritage until I moved back in 1998 to work for the U.S. Army, AMCOM. And then I started seeing, I said, we had such a unique heritage growing up. We've got to capture that. We've got to protect that. Plus seeing the American engineers that worked with our dads, their continued enthusiasm over the years is just, uh, so I feel that needs to be protected. And Conrad Dannenberg became an informal mentor for me in those early years when I'd moved back. Okay, there's so, so many so many directions I want to go. One is that you said you worked for the Army. It, it is always amazing to me how many of the children uh, immediately went to work. Uh, the, the Axel uh, Axel Roth and his brother Volker Roth both worked, uh, one for NASA, one for a contractor, but they worked, both worked on the Apollo program. Their dad was in on the, as the Army started developing missiles. So, I mean, it, it kind of became a family affair in many ways, didn't it? Yes, it did. And we were, in fact, having a panel on that on the 15th of July. It's the second generation, when we call it Paperclip 2. So the second generation that carried on some of the legacy of their dads. So. Okay, and you said you worked for the for, for AMCOM, which yes. at one point would have been, which back in the 50s sort of got started and became the Army Ballistic Missile Agency, agency which was where Von Braun, where the team was, it was Correct. developing the missile program. Right, they were there from 1950 to 1960, when most yeah. of the team then moved yeah. to NASA, the newly formed NASA Marshall Space Flight Center. But as you said, not everybody moved, and you said that even, and we, we have this idea that this monolithic group moved from the Army to, to Marshall Space Flight mm -hmm. Center when it was created, but it wasn't that way, was it? You even said your dad had trouble deciding. Well, correct, they were, it was a major 
situation and they weren't sure of this new agency that had just formed. So my parents did have some discussions of should you go or stay with the sure thing, U.S. Army has been good to you. And so there were discussions, but in the end it was the civilian space agency that won out. Okay, but you and know, it, it, one thing to point out though, the, these guys all worked, your families worked for the Army and uh, they're very, the Army is very proud of its part in America being in space. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which I'm sure you've I've, been told more than once. <laughs> right. I've talked to Brigadier General. Um, it's Bob Stewart, and he's done a program for us. Yeah. He is, oh, Army's first ast astronaut, yeah. Army astronaut. He's just wonderful, and he tested me. He said, all right, who's the one that, the, that Magnus von Braun gave the German group up to in Germany? And I said, uh, it was Schneikert. And he said, oh, you got that. So. <laughs> <laughs> he was impressed with that and, and went on to, he's done a talk for us and we'll do another presentation for us. And he just, it, it was a wonderful presentation. I know you've got it on Channel Well, I've actually, fact, listen, I've actually listened to it. So, yeah, we, we, yes. we made that into a podcast. And so, I never knew he knew so much about oh, Redstone Arsenal. He, yes. Well, we, we got him together with yeah. Mike Baker. And well, you know I, Mike I, Baker. And I've, so. I've interviewed Mike, too, mm -hmm. the former AMC historian. Right. He's retired now. But, exactly. Uh, he is very zealous in his prosecution of making sure everybody understands yes. that the Army got all this started. Mm -hmm. well, when you think about uh, what your dad and all the other dads did, and, and first, uh, you know, starting our missile program and then moving over to NASA. Which thing, which thing do you look back on with the most pride? Oh, by far, landing on the moon and getting back safely in 1969. That that was the the culmination. So it was all the excitement was unbelievable. I watched it at home on TV with my family yeah. and. Uh, so then my father took my sister and me down for the Apollo 15 launch. Oh, wow. So I did get to see one of the Apollo launches. That's one that of the things good. I regret never seeing a Saturn V launch up close mm -hmm. because I understand that it, uh, well, it went, went so slow that it was just mm -hmm. incredible. Right. You're listening to a conversation with Heidi Collier, the daughter of one of the original German rocket team members. We'll return to our conversation in a moment. More now from Heidi Collier, the chair of the German-American Heritage Committee for the Alabama Bicentennial. She's answering a question about whether she knew her dad and the other German scientists talked a lot about building rockets to go to space. Vaguely, I was, I was one year old when we moved to Huntsville yeah. in 1950, so I was more focused on growing up. Well, and, and even even, childhood even as a teenager, things, so. you would have been more focused. Probably right, on right. That. So uh, I do remember that though that they had sometimes heated discussions, even so, you know about uh, how to get into space, how to get to the moon. And to me, it's amazing looking back now. I really appreciate. First of all, launching Alan Shepard in 1961, yeah. and then just eight years later, getting to the moon and back with men, getting the men on the moon. That was just amazing. Unbelievable accomplishment. So okay. it so went so quickly. You were, you, were, you were not a child anymore, but you weren't old when, when Kennedy mm -hmm. made his, uh, made his uh, challenge that we were going mm -hmm. to go to the moon, not because it was easy, but because it was hard. Mm -hmm. Do you remember your dad or, or ever hearing conversations say, well, 
we're going a little moon. We're not ready for that. Or was it always, okay, let's do it? What, what, which was it? I think it was both. I think there was a lot of uncertainty. How, how in the world can we possibly accomplish this in such short order? But then at the same time, they were, uh, to have that common goal, they were very inspired by that. So, uh, and worked that much harder. I think so. More well, I know focused. that uh, I know that there are people that say, and I've had I've had more NASA veterans say, I could not wait to go to work every day. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that that feeling? With that you, did you feel like, well, Dad's not as here as much as I, I wish you were because he's all he's always out there. Well, I've I, some in, something interesting has come up, an aha moment for me, yeah. is my father was in a carpool, and uh -huh. we've we've teased about that on some others. Hans Fichtner had mentioned that they tried to get in a carpool with Von Braun. Quickly found out that didn't work because his hours were so off. So he was dropped out of the carpool within two weeks. <laughs> yeah, they said, okay, who was it that really dropped him out? They said, nobody will admit to Was this because he was going in too early or staying too late or both? He wouldn't come out to the car when the car came to pick him up. Oh, okay. So they, they took off and left him one morning and they said, who was that? And no one would fess up. But my father was in a carpool with Dr. Heusemann and several others, yeah. Hans Hosentin, who's the one that had baptized me and yeah. two others in Fort Bliss. I feel well, first of all, it was by need, by necessity. Yeah. We first had just the one car, so I yeah. was always in a carpool. My sister was in a carpool to get to school. And then the one car situation. Finally, we got a second car, but it was still, he stayed in the carpool. And that gave him a little bit more regular hours. Okay. So I'm thinking he might have wanted to stick with the carpool for that reason, but they did. They worked hard. They were so focused. Yeah. And... Um, I've talked to Klaus Heimberg since, and he said, oh, my father worked every Saturday. So I'm seeing he was a lab yeah. director, so that, well, there were, you know, there I'm starting were, the, to, yeah, I'm and, learning a lot from the others. And this isn't for six months. Oh, this no. Is, this is for. For years. Yeah, nearly a decade. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's hard to imagine people who are working seven, six, sometimes seven days a week and not, not eight-hour days. Mm -hmm. uh, but even so, uh, Margaret Von Braun sitting right there said when, when, when her dad came home, he was dad. Mm -hmm. That she doesn't remember ever thinking he was special. Uh, and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm assuming that that's pretty much how everybody was. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes. And we were, something I'd like to note is that we were close family for each other, yeah. the German group was. We did not have grandparents, aunts or uncles, and so the German group clung together for that reason for a lot. Okay. To party together, to, uh, I have just had a video transcribed by a friend of my 1967 graduation party. My sister and I were each allowed to have dates, so those our age, whereas the rest of the guests were all German team members. <laughs> so in hindsight, I'm yeah. thinking, interesting, but it was, yeah. so that was a family thing. Yeah. That was them all celebrating together. You've been listening to Heidi Collier, the daughter of one of the original German rocket team members, Fritz Weber. We'll hear more from Heidi in a moment.
We return now to our conversation with Heidi Collier, the chair of the German-American Heritage Committee in Huntsville for the Alabama Bicentennial. Heidi is also the daughter of one of the original German Rocket Team members. Did you realize how special this group was uh, in, in so many different ways? Uh, the, the time did... No. It was just these are what we, these are our parents. It's just mm-hmm. you know, our parents. It's, uh, did you did you realize it all? Or in in retrospect, no. what do you think? Oh, in retrospect, yes, I see it now. But at the time, no. But in retrospect, again, when I it was eye opening to me when I moved back to Huntsville in '98. If I had been here the entire time, no. I probably would not be doing what I'm doing. I was able to look back and appreciate. Yeah what all they accomplished, that we did it as a small group, a small family, yeah. really. Yeah. And, um, but the interaction with the Americans as well, that's been well, the biggest piece. And I said, that's how they were able to do it. Yeah. This little group of Germans couldn't have done it. It was because they worked so well together with the American engineers. And, and I have had American engineers tell me, they said, we never felt like the Germans thought they were anything other than we were all part of a team. Good. Was that ever, mm-hmm. t- I mean, was that something that, that, that and, and I've had people say that Von Brown was specifically wanted to make sure that was, that that was the case. Did, did it always just feel like that as a, as a child of one of, these, uh, one of these scientists? I think so. They were, the thing that strikes me is the mutual respect they yeah. had for each other. It was a very high regard for the, for each other. So, and that's what I would see if they'd meet each other out at a, at a Sears store getting yeah. buying tools or something like that. It would just be, hello, Mr. Weber. And they quickly changed it from Weber to Weber once we'd moved here. <laughs> I remember that my parents said, well, we need to pronounce it Weber now. So. Okay, well, I, I, before we run out of town, I want to talk a little, I run out of time. I want to talk a little bit about, okay, we have the Apollo program. You've already mentioned how there was a challenge and they were excited at the same time. So we get it done. We, we build the Saturn V, we being them, and, and, and all the, the huge team. Do you remember the reaction from the, the German rocket scientists, from your dad, when it all worked and came together and put Americans on the moon? Do you remember the reaction? It was very subtle, actually. I don't remember any great fanfare or... It was just, okay, we've done this, now what's next? But then again, what's next after you accomplish such a goal? What do you do next? And so my father started working with Dr. Stuhlinger at UAH on an electric car project so he could focus yeah. on another interesting goal, interesting project. Well, maybe maybe so. the thing to mention, these were scientists. These were guys that it was problem solving. Was that what they were all about? I think so. I oh. think so, so. Okay, you're the child of one of these uh, one of, one of these scientists. When you look back at the legacy, what do you see? What, how do, you know, do, what do you appreciate most about what this team first came to America in, in, in El Paso at Fort Bliss, working at White Sands Proving Ground, and then eventually moved here and did the things they did with the Army, and then moved into NASA? What, what, how do you look at their legacy? First of all, that they were able to integrate into the American society and American culture, and they were forever grateful for that. And then once they got here to Huntsville, and then of course the big project of getting to the moon and accomplishing that, it was the 
again, to me, what stands out is the mutual respect yeah. that the Germans and the Americans had for each other, and that's how they were able to accomplish it. And von Braun was going to, he, of course, he wasn't doing it single-handedly, but the team that was hiring at that time when the big goal was set to go to the moon, they were going to all the universities and hiring young engineers. So these were just out of college. And you talk to them today, and they still sound like they're just out of yeah. college. They're still as excited as they were back then. And that, to me, is how they were able to do it. Well, it is. Is that passion? I can't imagine it, well, it, what it feels like to know you did what this large group of men and women did. Something that's never been. It was a first in history, and it will always mm -hmm. be one of the most incredible firsts by human beings. Mm -hmm. So okay. you're pretty proud, I would imagine. Absolutely, yes. You've been listening to Heidi Collier, the daughter of Fritz Weber, one of the original German rocket team members. Heidi is the chair of Huntsville's German-American Heritage Committee for the Alabama Bicentennial. We invite you to listen to our other podcast on North Alabama's space history, including the reminiscences of several children of German rocket team members. Look for those podcasts and more as we celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon mission. Go to the Apollo 11 tab at the top of our website, whnt.com, where you'll also find other interesting items on North Alabama's contribution to America's manned spaceflight history. Apollo 11 Legacies is produced in partnership with Intuitive Research and Technology. Content made possible with the U.S. Space and Rocket Center's Legacy Panel Lecture Series. Music provided by Megatracks.